Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your Survivor Series recap. MJF turns on William Regal. We're going to go back to full gear and talk about it some. We know it's been a while since we've been here. We also have New Japan World Tag League and is William Regal out at AEW? That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. Guess who's back? Did you hear that rumor? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I'd fucking yeah, insane, sh- man. Dude, come on. You know what's happening. Ditch that 9 to 5. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Gender Mahal. I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> and sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? <laughs> That's the beaver. That's the beaver, right? <laughs> That's the one. I was like, man, we just did. never mind. We have never done this one before. That's beautiful. Bo. God bless no, you. No, it's not Bo. No, that's you. No, it's Patriot Pat. What? Yeah. Uh Bo, you know, I get some people send me stuff during the week. I mean, Bo doesn't send me anything. I got Patriot Pat on the back burner oh. and he's sending me he's sending oh. me some now. So thank you very much, Patriot Pat. Shout out to Patriot Pat. That's amazing. Great. Oh, that's amazing. I I literally just dumbfounded. No words. <laughs> on that lovely note, I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside Podcast, Volume 284, I believe, Chapter 3, Verse 14, and the good smart saith, hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. That's how long it's been since we've been recorded. It's been a hot minute. I don't even remember what the number is at this point, but it's good to be back. We, it's so much shit to cover. We haven't been back since my birthday. My birthday was good. Thank you for everybody. Wish me happy birthday and all that other good shit. Amazing wrestling weekend. Capped off with full gear, at least for me, the way I watched it. Um, Fuck, yeah. I said historic crossover. All right, I didn't even talk about historic crossover. crossover yeah. That's what I meant to say, but we also have the World Tag League. So much stuff to get to. Uh, Two Beer Zach is going to be joining us in a little bit. Uh, poor guy stuck at another work happy hour. Yeah, right? Womp, 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 womp. So, I, you know, did you have a good Thanksgiving? It was good. Um, I was at the house, uh, watched some wrestling, fed the cats, ate me a, a nice steak with cream spinach, mashed potatoes, Ooh. Uh, watched a uh, couple of football games. It was it was perfect. If I, if I couldn't have scripted Easy it any better. Up. Couldn't yeah. script it any better. That sounds real good. Uh, How I was did, your I, It was great. Uh, filled with uh, family and fun and drinks. And uh, my little baby girl had such a great time. Uh, we had a we had a little party over here for my birthday. Uh, the la- the Friday after our the last podcast we did, and she was on fire, man. She is a lot like. Her parents, she's getting used to having this big-ass family that both of us have, and she is a little mensch. What, and did, what did she eat for Thanksgiving? I mean, I guess what didn't she eat? What did she like the most? I guess there's the best choice of words. Man, she she just fucking eats. Like, all she does is fucking eat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I might have said this before, but I thought for, like, the first three years of her life, I'd just buy some applesauce and give it to her. Right. Fuck no. She's eating Indian food. She's eating Korean food. She's what? eating... Oh, man, she eats everything. She eats fucking everything. But tonight, 
She's with her grandparents. And my wife is gone, so we can be as loud and get Mm-mm. as fucked up as we want. Hey, Mm-mm. I got some blow. You want to do some blow? No, I'm kidding. I ain't got no blow. I'm just I say, kidding. Man, come on, man. You ain't supposed to do that shit. I man. don't. I don't do it anymore. I'm 43 years old. I say, I'm 49. I'd hey, check it out. Yeah, yeah right. I say, we'll talk later. <laughs> I certainly don't do it on Thursday nights, though. So uh, <laughs> let's get it going. Yes. Uh, let's kick it off with that. Let's go to the three count. Tonight, my mom's like, how do I find your podcast? And I like, I finally told her, and like, I hope this isn't the first one she listens to. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, <do>. Mrs. Vagie, <laughs> to the band for be podcast. Be- I'd be better off threatening the assassination of a sitting U.S. Senator. <laughs> JCB, kick it off. <laughs> God, well, that was a tray wreck, speaking of which. Uh, one count, there's so much to talk about, but we're going to go with the most recent story that we didn't talk about that was obviously was survivor series that happened in boston on uh saturday night of uh thanksgiving weekend um what five match cards obviously the main event is what i want to talk about because the arc of the bloodline and sammy Zayn was in full effect for lack of a better term the roller coaster ride that is the bloodline and sammy Zayn. I think has reached its epic peak. Oh, speaking of devil, there he is right now. And calling in from Portland, Oregon, we have Two Beers Act Pullman. What's going on, Two Beers? Beaver Winston House. Holy shit, balls. Hi, everybody. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> He's hammered. Yeah, he is. You just missed the intro. Uh, I'm not- I only just missed the intro. Yeah. You guys are the ones that were. It's like quarter after six. We had here. we had some technical difficulties. Um, hey Zach, how's it going? Uh, it's going good. I just uh, leaving a happy hour, and uh, I'm heading to another one. So I got like half an hour here. So uh, apologies, <laughs> but uh, I gotta I gotta keep this thing going. All right. so. Okay, sure. I totally understand. <laughs> Um, so we, we're just, Jason's just getting into the one count and we are talking about Survivor Series. Jason, go ahead. Uh, I was just saying that the arc of the bloodline, Sami Zayn, uh, storyline is to me reaches epic apex of Sami Zayn throwing Kevin Owens to the wolves and picking the bloodline hand over foot over, uh, Kevin Owens and everyone, Seeing Jay and Sammy hug it out was uh, like the weirdest thing, one of the weirdest things I've seen in wrestling. But it was it was like a babyface faction won war games. The crowd was acting that you know into it. It, I will say this, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Sammy Zayn is the best thing that's happened to the Bloodline. It's freshened them up. It's given them something else to talk about besides Roman Reigns, and that's perfect. But the Can way I interject? Yeah, please. I will go one further with you and I will say that Sami Zayn's interjection into the bloodline is the greatest story that WWE main roster has told since we started this podcast. Ooh. <laughs> and you can say greatest, you can say most entertaining. I think it's both. Do you think this bloodline storyline is the the most entertaining storyline we've seen since we've done the podcast. 
the most entertaining WWE storylines yeah. for sure. Yes. Okay. Abso- right. Absolutely. Um, so, not trying to hijack your account. No, no. Let's talk. The match, the Survivor Series, the men's Survivor Series match, in ring, I thought I kind of thought Butch was the MVP, mm-hmm. but in terms of visuals, like Roman Reigns sitting in the chair in the shark cage while everybody else was standing up, and for what they were trying to do with the storyline, they hit it out of the fucking stadium, man. They did it perfectly, and the crowd popped so big when... Jay or when Jimmy and Jay, sorry, when Jay and I was looking at you like, is that the right one? When Jay, (laughs) when Jay and Sammy hugged, was such a pop. It was so well done. It like you can't do anything more except for tip your cap, right? No, it was. It would if Vince would have done this, it would have been totally different, and he would have jacked it up. This is where Triple H gets it. And I don't understand why Vince doesn't get it. And I don't understand why people still hold, you know, the later part of Vince McMahon's regime in such, you know, high regard. It was mid at best. And if you want to go with that, so be it. If you disagree with that, that's your prerogative. Triple H gets it. And he understands that this is the storyline that is going to drive for the next six months, probably going into WrestleMania. It's really about Roman Reigns. And now you made it about Sami Zayn and now Kevin Owens, where Kevin Owens has now come out and be like, I don't want anything to do with you. And Sami looks a little broken up about it, but he's still bloodline. He's a news, so he's got to keep it moving forward. The, you see seeds getting planted for later storylines, and that's what, that's what Triple H has done so well that Vince – really didn't do well, especially towards the latter part. Well, I know I know why Zach is so hard for it is because it is long-term booking, and they are definitely they are doing this with an eye to the future. I said probably, it feels like five weeks ago on this podcast, that <laughs> Sami Zayn is sitting in the Daniel Bryan Kofi Mania catbird seat right now, whereas I'm not – you know, we don't know if The Rock is coming or not. I have my own thoughts on it, but – I mean, could Sami Zayn be the one to take the belts off of Roman Reigns? Could Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, could they have some sort of triple threat where they end WrestleMania with Kevin Owens holding up one belt and Sami Zayn holding up the other belt? There's a lot of different... uh, You like that, don't you? A lot of different ways they could go with it. Uh, Zach, uh, your thoughts? That was an amazing thought because I had always assumed maybe it was a tag belt situation, but... Them each having one of the belts is phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it really is. It is less about Roman now, even though it definitely is, like you've always said, all roads lead to Roman. But as we've seen recently, and as I think we'll see in Montreal uh, coming up, this is the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens story. And I couldn't be happier, uh, not just because I love those guys and they're entertaining, but man, like, this is really just coming together fantastically. And um, they it, it's really hard to run a story for this long and make it consistently good. And I got to give huge props to everyone involved, and that's everybody involved in the angle, that's everybody in creative uh, that hasn't fucked this thing up, and just the organic chemistry that they have where they're literally, like, corpsing people every single week because their shit is so funny they're having the time of their lives 
and uh, I'm just happy to happy to witness it, and I, I'm cheering for him. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because a lot of the credit goes to Triple H and his booking team, of course. The execution of that Survivor Series match with the, like, I don't mind saying it, the subtle acting of Sami Zayn, Jey Uso, and Roman Reigns during that match was also pretty incredible and kind of next-level storytelling in terms of televised professional wrestling, Jason. There was a shot um, post-match where they were tight on Roman Reigns and it was after the, the match obviously and he kind of had he kind of was nodding and had this smirk on his face you know it's like you know everything is coming together you know it's like I've foreseen it you know it, it's like he's this great mastermind and now he's you know Sami Zayn has passed his test the bloodline is you know whole with no cracks yada 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 and he's sitting there smirking and that's why I was like man this is crazy I've never seen since the NWO, I'll go that far. I've never seen a a heel faction this over with the crowd where they're now it almost feels like the crowd is split. You're gonna get have, you know, people that like the baby faces and God bless you for it. But this is a, a era in WWE where now organically the bloodline has become that next great faction. Crazy thing about it. Roman Reigns has been in the last two great factions that we've seen since this podcast has been going. The Shield obviously being the first, Bloodline being with this. He was not in Maximum Male Models, but I get your, <laughs> I get your point. But I, I he think would have been right in, though. He would have. He would have been the best-looking one. Right, pretty motherfucker. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. You know, ultimately, like I said, to me, that was the, the best thing about Survivor Series was – the main event, the match was good, but like you said, the the subtle looks, the no 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 Jimmy, no Jay, you don't go. I'm sorry, no Jimmy, you don't go in. Let Sammy go in. Let Sammy go in and help Jay, and let's see if they can figure this shit out. Right then, that's when you knew it wasn't up just about the match itself. They were getting ready to tell you a story. Can I and that's when it was on. Go can ahead. I say one more thing about the bloodline? Please. Is that I know we have a lot of stuff to get to. It's been five days since Survivor Series, and I've been on Twitter, and I've listened to podcasts, and a lot of, um, I told you I'm not going to be saying flowers anymore, a lot of credit has been given to all the right people, Roman, Owens, uh, the Usos, Sammy, Solo Sokoa as the badass, as the actual, like, scary Samoan, you know? He, he's like fucking Haku out there. Okay. Like, he is, like, he has brought back the type of Samoan wrestler that we really haven't had in a long time. I mean, Rikishi was funny. You know, The Rock was The Rock. Um, we haven't had a guy like Solo. We haven't had a guy like so, Solo Sagoa, and what a fucking badass to round out a five-man faction. Uh, Zach, what do you think? I think it's a perfect addition, and I mean, what a, a time for for him to to enter in. I mean, it is advantageous for him. It's, I wouldn't say it's nepotism, just because he certainly uh, rises up to the occasion, but. I mean, anybody that's in that kind of, you know, 
anybody that's in that family, like Vince always had uh, a lot of Samoans on being pushed. And that's just a fact if you look throughout history. And, I mean, there's a reason for it. Like, those dudes are fantastic athletes and they're fantastic characters. And um, I think he is uh, kind of a silent hero in this. uh, And I think the first time that he cracks, (laughs) because he's very stoic, I think the first time he cracks is going to be a big pop. So I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, If you watch Raw... When all the bloodline, minus Roman, were in the ring, and Sammy and the Usos were all hugging, they were all cracking up and laughing, and Solo wouldn't go in there. And Solo, they were like, come on, give us a hug, give us a hug, and he wouldn't do it. And then Owen's music hits, right? So, if you remember when Solo made his entrance at Clash at the Castle, they said the next night on Raw that he was sent by the elders. Right. Now, this would be a good way to introduce the rock into this story in case it happens because maybe solo's not all happy go lucky because if rock is the elder and solo was sent there by the rock then he's ultimately on rock side and he's ultimately not he's not going to be all about this happy go lucky right. we're all one big uh team type stuff and i like if solo finally speaks and says i said i was sitting here by the elder and then you hear if you smell i mean that's going to be something right it's. I'm starting to get some predictions right these days. So no, just remember that I said that. <laughs> At least we won't have to wait a decade to figure this one out. Um, Oof. I'll just say this: unprofessional bullshit. I'm not even. I ain't even worried about WrestleMania at this point. I'm. I'm worried about just what's next. What uh, is. Royal Rumble's next. You know, that's what I'm worried about. Cody coming back. Seth and Cody crossing paths. Who's winning the Royal Rumble? Who's Roman facing at the Royal Rumble? WrestleMania is going to take care of itself. If it if it does happen, that is a good way to at least open the door to where Rock can be introduced. Can you imagine if the Royal Rumble comes down to Cody and Sammy? I was thinking Cody and Seth. Okay, I mean, either way. Either way, Cody, yeah. Cody, Seth, Sammy, Sammy, and KO. Yep, yeah. Oh! That's the final four? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's fucking, it'll fucking... <laughs> I was say, Jason died at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> he was watching it, and his head exploded. Uh, but it it was, uh, it was a very good pay-per-view. It was a very good pay-per-view. I watched it live. Uh, Survivor I, Series? Yeah, Survivor Series. What did I say? Yeah. Yeah, Survivor Series. Survivor Series is a very good pay per view. I watched it live. Hang on, do you disagree? I I would say good. I I didn't think it was very good. I was hoping for more. I liked the story, the way the Survivor Series men's match ended, um, with the Sammy stuff. That was obviously really great, but the match itself was not as good as I thought it would be. Partly, I think because even though the bloodlines are kind of faces, they are the heels in that match, and then they had advantage, and I think that kind of fucks the psychology up. Um, I thought it was just, I thought the Survivor Series matches were maybe a little too long, and, uh, you know, the women's match fucking sucked, uh, the title match with John mm. and uh, Yeah, it was very Ugh. bad. I tell you what, they're doing um, they're doing Ronda Rousey no favors by having her go out there and have ten minute slogs with Shotzi Blackheart. It just doesn't do Ronda no, Rousey uh, any favors. She should be out there squashing people. Or what the fuck are we doing? Fucking produced by Holocaust denier Brian Kendrick. Like, 
uh, I don't know. It was just not not that matter. But it, I'm just saying it. Uh, it was not a good match. Uh, I think the best match on the whole show here was goes, Triple Threat. Here goes Zach, and, virtue signaling that he believes in the Holocaust. <laughs> Enough with your left-wing <laughs> bullshit, dude. Enough with the virtue next, signaling. Next I'm going to talk about how they, we landed on the moon. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Maybe. Think, Mark. But, uh, nice. The, uh, I think the best match on the show was the triple threat uh, with uh, Lashley, Rollins, and no doubt. Theory. No doubt. And even though I did not, I did not pick Theory to go over. Now that he did it, it makes sense because now we have built-in programs with two very established dudes, and um, it, yeah, it all it all made sense. But you know, I, I came in late. Uh, I was at a birthday party. Uh, my son's uh, birthday party got delayed about a month. So we all went to like a trampoline park that day, and we went out to eat and stuff. So I got I got in about halfway through. This guy never stops, like, never stopping, does he? Okay, he just goes out all the time. I, <laughs> I was just like super stoked about it, and then I got into it, and the, the first match that I saw was that women's match. I was like, motherfucker, this sucks. And so maybe that kind of put a little sour taste in my mouth. But uh, but then I rewatched you know every, everything from the beginning. Uh, but it was okay. Um, I don't know. I think. Maybe the War Games matches were just a little long and maybe give some other time to some other stuff on the show because um, there's like three-minute intervals instead of two-minute intervals, like historically. I don't know, just some thoughts. But it doesn't matter uh, ultimately like what I think. Uh, but it did um, kind of serve its purpose and it left with a good taste in our mouths because of the Um, I'll piggyback on the Ronda Rousey thing. Um, I'm not going to – the spot that everybody sees is the the DDT spot where Shotzi's taking the blame. I'm sorry, that's on Ronda. You know, Ronda's got to work with Shotzi on this one. Shotzi didn't pull it off great, but Ronda's holding the top rope. She can't hold the top rope. She's got to let it go and got to take the bump. So that's just my opinion on that. The bigger picture is, you know – for Ronda Rousey, there's not really competition. There's not a name for her to to be threatened by. Sasha Banks would obviously be that name, but obviously she's not around. Naomi is, you know, is Naomi, but I wouldn't put her against Sa- or, uh, Ronda Rousey. So for this point, I'm like, okay, so what are we going to do? This almost makes me feel like Becky, It's going since we're throwing out predictions, Becky was saying that she wanted to be the first woman that wins the Royal Rumble twice. It almost feels like if you can't get Sasha Banks back and Charlotte is going against Bianca Belair, Becky is the logical choice to win the Royal Rumble and then move her over to SmackDown and have her face Ronda Rousey. Granted, that is another four or five months away where we're going to get some suspect matches for Ronda Rousey. But for me, that would be the end game. I said it I wanted last year and they didn't do it. This might this now makes more sense, especially the longer you don't have Sasha Banks around. Fair enough. What did we think about Finn Balor versus AJ, Zach? Very high hopes. You know, like you think um, those two guys in your head and you're like, oh, fuck, son, like this is going to pop off. And then, um, you know, we got kind of a raw match. I don't know. Like, what, what do you think? I thought that they didn't pull out all those stops because they're, they're planning on revisiting it down the road. Uh, it didn't bother me because it was a, even though it's a war games, uh, 
Survivor Series pay-per-view. I feel like they could have done a little bit more, but they were obviously keeping some stuff tucked in their back pocket. I don't know if I would call... I was surprised that the Phenomenal Forearm won, but I won't even say I was pleasantly surprised. That's the way it should be. The finisher should win. (laughs) Yeah, I did appreciate that it wasn't like a fucky finish and there wasn't a lot of interference because... You know, with the OC and with the uh, Judgment Day, you kind of expect there to be a whole. I was like, I don't know. I was like, maybe, like, maybe they should have done like an OG Survivor Series match with those. Stole my thunder. People. Stole my thunder. That's exactly what I was going to say. It, it, it made. I'm a guy that likes the OG Survivor Series setup. I don't have a problem with the war game setup, especially with the the two matches that you had. It you at least built it up to where it felt like it needed to end it in a cage in a war game scenario. But if you wanted to throw something back and give a tip to the past, this would have been a perfect time to do it. Where there, that way you got everybody involved and just do it elimination style and be done with it. So, were you guys aware of the? Backstage stuff that happened between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns after the Survivor Series match. Okay, so the idea being that Kevin Owens slapped Roman so hard that he injured his eardrum and that there was uh, legit beef between them. Roman Reigns felt like it was a potato. Sorry, apologies to Eddie Kingston for using a uh, insider term, but uh, <laughs> that it was a potato. They fucked up his eardrum and Triple H. Apologies to Orida. Triple H <laughs> had to. Triple H apparently that night got those two guys in a room and said, "Hey, you guys gotta, you guys gotta figure talk out. this out. You guys figure it out right now." Um, first of all, if that story is true, that is the type of top-down leadership that you probably want in a locker room because Triple H, uh, of, of all the things that Triple H is, ultimately he's probably one of the boys and probably still feels like one of the boys and probably has seen things like that happen and seen things like that fester and gone down the and, you know, kind of kick the, kick the ball down the road, whatever the term is, kick the, can, uh, down kick the, the can down the road until it actually ends up kind of blowing up in people's faces. So apparently C-A-W. Triple H, yes. So apparently Triple H kind of nipped it in the bud that night. Uh, they got back on track if Raw is any indication because it looks like Kevin Owens is still uh, very, very much involved in that top of the card storyline. Jason, do you, th- do you know that, have you seen the slap that they're talking about? And, it didn't look to me – well, what did you think about it? I did see the slap because I had to go – because it, it just – it intrigued me, so I had to go back and look at it. Apparently, it was an unplanned spot. I mean, you know, he got him. You know, question about it. He got him. But, I mean, that's – it's a part of the game. I mean, I, I get Roman being pissed. I get it. I get it. I get it. But – that's kind of what we sign up for when we do this sort of thing, you know. I don't want to see. And when you say we, you're talking about the boys. The, yeah, the boys that actually take the slap. Uh, sorry, Eddie Kingston. <laughs> um, I don't want to see this derail the storyline that that makes the most sense. Sheamus is the name that is coming up that is, if you don't do Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns at uh, Royal Rumble, Sheamus is the replacement. Okay, that's cool, but Kevin Owens was still the focus, and he was the focus, 
you know, coming out of the uh, Survivor Series and then next Monday night on Raw. I hope they just stick to this storyline and stick to it because it would make the most sense. It sucks that it happens, but it's it is what it is. It's the business that they in. Zach, please make a comment on something that you're not qualified to talk about as a podcaster, but talk about like you're an insider, please. So you think Jericho cried when Ishii split open his chest? <laughs> no. He bladed it himself. End of story. Isn't this the thing? I can't help but think, but isn't this the thing that Andrade made fun of Sammy Guevara about? Hey, Roman, stop being Sammy Guevara. Ooh. Should I say it? Are you going to put... I, I ain't going to tell you that... I, you're a grown man. You can do what you want to do. I'm just waiting for you to say it. That's all. Come find me, Roman. Ah! Roman Reigns on the list! <laughs> <laughs> you fucking pussy. <laughs> We want the champ. We want the champ. It did, um, I mean, it did not sound great. Like, like thinking about it, it's like just you know, Roman has the right to be mad about whatever you know. Like, but it sounded like just from an outsider's perspective, he was being a little bit of a prima donna. It did. It 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 did sound like it without question. But if if the story is true that Triple H put him a, put him in a room and had had him talk it out, that's perfect because that's how you keep shit rolling along. Perfect. I just want to do one quick sidebar on, on Austin Theory for thirty seconds, please. Um, I was a little surprised. That, I was a little. It's ours podcast. I was a little surprised that he won, but it makes sense. It resets Austin Theory, but then ultimately it takes Seth Rollins away from that mid-card. God bless Seth Rollins. You know, I want him to be a champion, but he's not a, the U.S. champion. He needs to be, at this point, it's world title or bust. Well, Same with Bobby Lashley. Well, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a jet-riding, lingerie-wearing, <laughs> alligator shoot-stomping dude, and he should be in the main event. I'm glad you brought up Seth Rollins, though, because if he is going to go up, on the card, or if Bobby Lashley's going to go up on the card, where the fuck do they go? This is where WWE, this is real, really where the rubber meets the road because all roads lead to Roman, right? It's always been, it's been that way for fucking 10 years now. So if, if they have, if, if they're sucking up the entire top of the card, then that is a real challenge to Triple H and his writers and his booking team to start making some stuff that's not in the bloodline conversation, you're going to have to start writing some stories. You're going to have to start giving me something to make me intrigued about Seth Rollins versus whoever, Brock Lesnar versus whoever, Bobby Lashley versus whoever, and it can't just be matches. Like, you have to start making me care about this shit. Um, Royal Rumble, obviously, is coming up. I think that's where a lot of this... That's, a, that's an easy one because No, I think a lot Rumbles, of this is right. going to be, you know, where you could get these stories and you're going to get guys to cross paths or whatever the case may be. Cody is the is the wild card in all this. You know, we don't know when he's coming back. I would assume Royal Rumble would be a safe bet. Seth Rollins is borderline babyface at this point as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, the only time that he was heelish since he's in this last, let's just say, month, six weeks, is when he brought up Cody Rhodes and he's like, you know, go ask Cody what I did to him. At some point, Cody Rhodes is going to come back. And he's going to beat him again? We Okay. I was going to say that feels like almost a booking problem. 
because now you have Seth Rollins on one of the best roles he's ever been. I would say when he took the the greatest cash-in of all time, Money in the Bank cash-in, that, that's his best role. This is his second one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's now you're going to have impression. that, right? Now you're going to have that, and you're going to bring back a returning Cody Rhodes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love to see how Triple H gets out of this one. Zach? Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, that's going to that's gonna do it for our one count. I say shit, motherfucker. We got shit to do. <laughs> we we just I, I I thought oh man we haven't we didn't have a pregame talk with Zach. Hey Zach, what's the two count? Uh, the two count is whatever you want it to be because I'm parking and I will call you back. <laughs> All right, back. As soon as I'm able. calls back when you can. This motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> See you, Zach. Yep. See you guys. All right, so we'll go two count. We will go. AEW Dynamite last night, and we'll go back and we'll talk about full gear as much as we can, uh, but it really seems like a long time ago. Did you enjoy full gear? Um, yeah. Ultimately, I thought it was a, a really good pay-per-view. Um, just going back to look at it really quick. Um, nothing too surprising. Soraya wins. Not a huge surprise. Uh, Joe's falling into the... Uh, the double title I thought was a, a little bit of a, a surprise just the way it fell out. Jamie Hayter, obviously, huge Jamie Hayter fan. It was good to see her win the title. Uh, the, but obviously, we can start with, at the top, MJF winning the AEW title with uh, a lot of fuckery with William Regal sliding in the brass knucks. I didn't think it was the best match, MJF versus Mox. A part of me was just kind of waiting. I didn't. I did not uh, – this is the way I did it for me personally. When I came home Saturday night, that was the stardom crossover night, so I had already ordered it, so it was right where I was – it was getting ready to start, so I had about a half hour to play with it. I was like, okay, I hadn't seen anything from AEW Full Gear. I was like, let me go ahead and watch the main event. It was I figured it was going to be about 30 minutes. It was perfect. So I watched the main event, and then I went – went back and watched everything else. It wasn't the best match, but the psychology of the match kept me interested to where I was like, okay, when is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? And when William Regal came out, I was like, okay, now here we go. How is this going to play itself out? I thought they did it well. Um, MJF obviously wins. No problem with that. I think Mox right now better in chase mode. And if he wants to go away for a little bit, or possibly feud Hangman Page. Well, that's it looks something, like he's feuding with Hangman Page. <laughs> that's something else that uh, he can do as well. But um, ultimately, four hours, I didn't think it was that long. It felt like it, it really just, you know, did what it needed to do. Unfortunately, once again, Jade, I think, was the low point of this card. Uh, this was a Ronda Rousey-esque match. It's the first time we've really seen Jade in a lot of trouble, but another story for another time. They did no women. They did those women no favors by putting them after uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy and Death Triangle and the Elite, yeah. and then Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill have to come out of that. I mean, that is a popcorn match. It's, Sorry, it's, it's, it's a popcorn it's match. The shower sh- it's the shower match. <laughs> I mean, it's the shower match. <laughs> uh, my favorite match of the night was the uh, ROH match. 
personally. I, I, I will say this. I, I told you I was playing poker with my buddies that night. There were nine of us there. Uh, Bo and I talked our buddy into buying the pay-per-view. So <laughs> he had the pay-per-view. He has four TVs in his basement. He had the pay-per-view on two different TVs. Nice. And like always... When you start watching wrestling with people that don't watch wrestling, they start off being like, what the fuck is this? And then all of a sudden, everybody's just kind of watching it. <laughs> hey, motherfuckers, on you. Bad. Better at one, check. At one point, somebody's like, <laughs> at one point, Aubrey Edwards was the referee, and I was like, ah, Aubrey Edwards is a piece of shit. And, like, uh, Bo was like, ah, yeah, Aubrey Edwards. And our buddy AJ goes, you guys know the ref's name? And it's like, oh, yeah, we know the ref's name. <laughs> but... um. <laughs> I went back and watched what I wanted to watch. I didn't rewatch it all, so I didn't watch it all that closely that night. I re- went back and rewatched everything I wanted to watch. It was a it was a AEW pay per view. It was above average. It was well worth fifty bucks. I paid my buddy forty dollars of it, and my other buddy paid ten dollars because Uh-oh. I wanted poker. Uh oh. I was Listen, just getting ready to say. Hey, here's a little here's a little <laughs> secret for all you guys out there that might have poker nights with your friends, or all you girls out there that might have poker night with your friends. When it's your time to deal, if you're hurting a little bit, sponsor Blackjack. Because <laughs> those Vegas streets aren't so shiny because the house loses. Amen. Okay. Baby. Amen. So sponsor some blackjack, you'll win all your money back. Amen. And that's and that's the bill guarantee. But anyway, so we'll get to uh, AEW Dynamite, which started here. Let me flip my notes. So it started with Moxley coming out and cutting a very uh, standard Moxley promo saying nobody can fuck with me. You know, the week before he came out, said he won at Regal's ass. Brian Danielson came out, pleaded with him to not hurt William Regal because William Regal's got brain bleed and he's got four titanium rods or you know whatever boxley gave him the uh get the fuck out of here before get, i bust you in your mouth right i heard uh somebody called the the lion king you know like hey yeah. get out of here before i kill you um yeah and then <laughs> H- H- hangman page comes out this week moxley and him they brawl they end up brawling into the outside into another segment where eventually they get kicked out which it's really good storytelling for something that came a little bit later on Dynamite with MJF. But um, next we have Brian Danielson versus Dax Harwood. What did you think about this match? Dax Harwood always just seems like he rises to these occasions, and this is stuff that he really likes to do. Um, I'm not calling for the, the breakup of FTR by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, hell, they're getting ready to get the beef of the year. You know, why would you break them up at this point? I mean, the highest award that you, that can, you get can get in wrestling. Uh, that being said, this was another great chapter in the the Dax Hardwood singles repertoire of matches. No real buildup before this except, you know, Dax just wants to do it and just test himself against Daniel Bryanson. I thought this was done really well. Both guys look good. Dax Harwood tapping out means, you know, it doesn't hurt him. It, you know, he's a, you know, quote-unquote a tag team guy. You know, him tapping out to Brian Danielson shouldn't be, you know, a surprise. The fact that the matter is that Dax Harwood is just a good fucking professional wrestler. It's time to put a lot more respect on his name. A couple things here. Uh, this would this match would have benefited from a little bit of story. 
just even just any yeah. any story at all. Just yeah. even just a sliver of a story. But I know that there are match heads out there that uh, would have been tape traders back in the day, you know, which maybe I would have been. But we're not back in the day. We're in 2022. And while this was a good match on paper and it was a good match on the screen also, without story, it really ain't professional wrestling. So as much as I enjoyed watching it, I did. I watched every single bit of it. I was putting baby clothes on hangers while my daughter was fucking running around. We have a nice little Wednesday little uh, laundry party while my wife is downstairs working and me and Edna May watched the first half hour or first 45 minutes of Dynamite and then I put her to bed. I put on pause and I come back and watch the rest of it. It was fun to watch. The other thing that I'm going to say about this is that there's a, you know, for all the AEW haters out there, which I'm I'm not, I'm an AEW sexual obviously but i also watch wwe and i'm not a hater of either i watch both completely not because i'm a podcaster even if i wasn't on the podcast i would still be watching it that's the thing this is just gravy i would still be watching it but now i get to talk about it all the time for everybody that says the AEW is misusing brian danielson it seems like this is what Brian Danielson wants to do. He wants to go out there and just have 20-minute matches on television. He wants to go out there and work the crowd and do what he does best. And what Brian Danielson does best, he is the, he is the best at, which is professional wrestler. He's unbelievable. This was a great match. Ends up with Dax Harwood tapping out. I have no problem with it. I just wish that AEW would... A, let stuff breathe on the TV show because they Dax taps out and then they go to the next thing and then something happens, they go to the next thing. It's like, just let shit breathe a little bit. And I wish that there was a little bit of story behind it. But that's been a complaint of mine for about three years. So I don't see it changing anytime soon. Now, this is how Tony tells his stories. There's worse problems to have. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Up next is Ricky Starks cutting a promo. What you think about that? Um... It's good to see Ricky Starts get in this spot, you know, to see that the, he can have crowd behind him. We've seen him as the heel. Now we're going to try to see him as a babyface. He's not going to be the top babyface. Obviously, I would assume in two weeks they're going to have him lose to MJF. But this is his chance to impress moving forward to where now he can be a guy you can come back to whenever MJF loses the title. Or if, you know, God forbid, if MJF's, you know, uh, prophecy does come to pass and he has this long run and has Bruno San Martino rolling over in his grave, you're going to have Ricky Starks come back again. I think ultimately this was a building block, and it's all about Ricky Starks and what he can do for you in the future. Nice little baby face promo. He's got the uh, the tape on his, you know, his side on his arm. So, I mean, he's coming in banged up, but that's not going to stop him. They're doing everything in, in their power to make Ricky Starks seem as the underdog baby face, and his promo leads into that. Good shit. Very good promo. Yeah. Uh, not, not much I can say about it. Uh, he definitely leans into his – 
babyface tendencies, of which he has a bunch. So good for him. I'm happy to see him in this spot. Also, ultimately, he can talk, and I think he that's can. and I think that's the the best the best credit because we seen him as the heel. Now we're seeing him as the babyface. I agree. Uh, we had Moxley and Hangman Page fighting backstage. That's where they got uh, kicked out. Then we have the Jericho Appreciation Society with uh, what's left of the Blackpool Combat Club, which is just Wheeler Yuta and uh, Claudio. Uh, Claudio is getting ready to have a match at Final Battle with Jericho, where if Claudio loses, he has to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. If Claudio wins, he wins the ROH heavyweight title. I'm going to say, is that right? No, you're right. right? You're right. right. Uh, I'm going to say something that might surprise you. (laughs) <laughs> please shoot this should be good uh daddy magic was funny in this <laughs> i know i know okay wait a minute i'm always listen never let it be said never let it be said there's when, still alcohol here perfect let, let, let it never be said when i'm dead and gone that i couldn't admit when i was wrong if i am there Am I still alive? I will be. I will reel myself on up. You like you know Please. what? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, that doesn't mean that I like him. No, no. I'm no. just saying. I'm just saying. It's not like the acclaimed were now. Now I kind of like him. It's like when he said to Claudio, <laughs> he's like, "If you're a sports entertainer, you can do whatever you want. You like to yodel, yodel right? right?" He's like, "You can be a yodeler." <laughs> I was like, "Don't stop him." That kind of popped me. And as much as I think of a as as big of a charisma suck that I think Wheeler Yuta is, he's a great worker. Yep. Got no charisma and he's not much of a talker. When he told uh Daddy Magic's buddy, I forget his name. Uh Angelo Parker. Yeah, when he said when he said I hate your suspenders. <laughs> Plus you wear a belt. belt. <laughs> Like oh <laughs> that popped me too, uh, but uh, you know Claudio getting all mad and then stomping out and them laughing oh, at Claudio yeah. getting mad made me mad for Claudio, but also it was effective professional wrestling television. Oh, for sure, because now you, you're. I would assume, and we could talk about this here in a little bit uh, with. William Regal getting, you know, going against Moxley, obviously. And then we'll talk about what happened with William Regal in the uh, MJF segment here in a little bit. It feels like the Blackpool Combat Club loose affiliation to begin with is even getting more loose, if not dissipating before our eyes. Obviously, you know, you have uh, MJF and William Regal going their way. Moxley is now, you know, starting to focus on, I'm assuming, Adam Page, who's coming back, you know, knock on wood. Then you have the the other two guys that, you know, are the, a tag team, not really, but, you know, they have this, you know, affiliation because it's the Blackpool Combat Club. If I would not be surprised if Claudio does lose just for the simple fact that it feels like the Blackpool Combat Club is breaking up in front of us. It's just a slow breakup, and now you're just taking the pieces away one at a time. Well, if there's no Blackpool a, left. Without the Blackpool know. guy. So now you're just breaking them off piece by piece and giving them their own individual storylines. Look, I'm not a 
I'm not a huge fan of cardio going to JAS, but the fact that he would just be the un- unwilling participant in this nonsense, it would at least be a little funny TV. Nah, he's going to win. <sighs> okay. Can't, I, they're not going to do it. I'm calling it right now. Don't let me change my prediction next week. <laughs> what? I'm cla- I'm calling Claudio. Okay. Never mind. I, we ain't going to get into a long drug, drug out a conversation about how you, I try to lock you into the prediction and you change it anyway. That happened one time. We've been doing this fucking podcast for five fucking years. You know how many predictions we made? Thousands of predictions. Thousands. Did you not know I hold a grudge like a luggage, maybe? Yeah, I know you do. God, I'm just still glad I'm on your good side. Uh, barely, right? So we have a... Uh, Hanging on by threat. AR Fox versus Samoa Joe. AR Fox is a, a real talented dude. Real talented dude. Love seeing them. I this is another thing. I wish they would have given it just a little bit of build, maybe just a little promo from each guy uh, prior to the match or something like that. But still, they put it out there with nothing, and it still ended up being pretty entertainer, Samo- pretty entertaining. Samoa Joe uh, wins with a muscle buster. Ar Fox looked fantastic. Wardlow cuts a promo on Joe. I think Wardlow needs a manager. Um. AR Fox, I think, is obviously amazing talent. Uh, I think the the problem, well, I shouldn't even say the problem. I think the reason why you don't have these um, pre-match promos, vignettes, whatever you want to call them, is that AR Fox kind of goes into the AEW fan base's wheelhouse. It's more of an indie crowd where the, the hardcore AEW fans know who AR Fox is. Now, does that help with the the casual fan coming I'm ready in? Ready for the shot now. Um, <laughs> I see. You. Does it help for the uh, the casual fan? It's an audio medium. No, it doesn't. But I totally get what you're saying with this. Um, it's I'm, I'm torn because I like Ar Fox and I want him to be on TV, but on the same aspect, there was once again no build to this, but they had a good match. And what do you think about Wardlow's promo right after? A part of me is waiting for him to get... I, it, it is what it is. It's, it's you know, Babyface 101. Um, it's Babyface 101, but he says he blames Samoa Joe. This wasn't the crux of the promo, in case he didn't see it. But he blames War, he blames Samoa Joe for the terrible name War Joe. That wasn't on that wasn't on Joe. <laughs> yeah, but he blamed him for it. Yeah. Okay. And that, then he and then he went with he was like, Oh, that's cheesy. And then he goes, This is Wardlow's world, which is just as cheesy, cheesy as Ward Joe. Stop saying, hey, Wardlow, if you're out there listening. Oh God. I'm not gonna tell you to come find me. <laughs> I am gonna say, don't say Wardlow's world anymore. It sounds stupid. It sounds like a video game or something. It sounds really stupid. Well, it, it feels like a t-shirt ready to be made, but ultimately... Uh, a I, one that stupid people would wear, maybe? Well, look, you know, there's there's plenty of people that like Wardlow out there, and I ain't mad at you for it. I just didn't... I'm, I'm kind I of like a, Wardlow. Just don't say Wardlow's world. Okay, I'm just... I'm In this scenario, I'm waiting to see how this plays out because Powerhouse Hobbs has to be in this mix some form or fashion. Obviously, we saw the vignette with him walking the streets and the, and it feels like we're going to get more of a, a backstory with Powerhouse Hobbs, which is cool. You know, 
this is how you get people to invest in the person and then invest into the character itself. But at some form or fashion, Hobbs has to come back into this mix. I mean, yeah. Like, if you want me to get into a character and the character is an African-American guy, right? Oh, Jesus. The best thing is to have a bunch of guys throwing dice. <laughs> And then have Hobbs come down to just scare him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? He's an intimidating character, man. I can be like, hey, hey, powerhouse, can we go ahead and roll? Yeah, I know, but why? Can we go ahead and roll? Why are they throwing dice? Hey, man, that's what you do in the ghetto, baby. Does that still happen? Yeah, right. right do they down still the, throw dice in the ghetto? <laughs> right down the street. Fuck no, they're looking at their iPhones. They're, right making, the they're making TikToks. <laughs> right down the street at the sports zone, man. I see them, you know, throwing craps all the time. Hot hat and a glade of dice. Clickly, clickly, clack. <laughs> I'm sorry if that was. Uh, so, okay. Don't ask, because if you have to ask, it's racist. I wasn't going to ask. Okay. I knew it was racist. <laughs> uh, so, uh, next up, we had uh, William Regal comes out and he introduces MJF. MJF comes out and cuts a. I didn't think it was his best promo. I thought it was a. Pretty good MJF promo, you know, standard MJF promo, which is an above average promo. It was filled with teases, you know, uh, innuendos. He all talked that. about trips. trips. Talked about Nick Khan. He, talked- called, he called Nick Khan uh, Saint Nick, good old Saint Nick, uh, which I liked. He said, uh, "I'm not talking. I'm talking about Khan," and then he goes, "I'm not talking about Tony. I'm talking about yeah, good old uh, Saint Nick. Saint Nick, yeah." Um, Bidding War 2024, um, Bruno San Martino, obviously, I talked about Hulk Rolling Hogan. Rolling over in a shitty grave. Yeah, Hulk Hogan, Jeff Jarrett. I mean, I've said this before, I'll say it again. He doesn't, what I appreciate about MJF is that he doesn't, or maybe AEW, all, they don't act like WWE doesn't exist. Like, don't treat it like it doesn't exist. I'm, I'm. Well, hang like, on, once again, we're let's all give, grown people. Let's once again, let's give Triple H his credit, since we, since you want to say flowers, I'll, I'll back you up for thirty seconds on that one. Let's give Triple H his credit. Since he's taken over, that has not been a mandate. They have obviously acknowledged other corporations, other promotions, to the point where Michael Cole has said, you know fill in the blank and people have lost their goddamn shit. So let's just say pre Triple H, they acted like we were stupid. AEW has at least acknowledged the fact that wrestler A has been in WWE this place, that place and another and now they're here to you know, you know, put their talents on out on display. The big part of this segment was MJF put Regal down. <laughs> so, like I said in the intro, he put Regal down and he put Regal down. He said, you made a deal with the devil that makes you stupid or something. And then he said, I'm going to leave you with what you said to me seven years ago. Show me your stuff. You know, if that's Regal sign off on AEW, uh, yeah. Round of applause. Yeah. Nice, nice year run for yeah. Regal, and it was a year run for the Blackpool Combat Club. That's good. Regal going back to WWE is a little bit more intriguing to me, uh, honestly. But let's talk about what was on screen. Don't 
if you're in the audience for the shit like this, do not clap for fucking MJF when he does this. Boo the heels, yes. guy. Play your part, guys. If you're in the crowd, play your part. I liked it, too, because I didn't see it coming. When he got behind him, I was like, he's not going to. Oh, he oh, just, he just did. did it. But, but it didn't come to me until a half second before he did it. Yeah. Which is why you watch professional wrestling. Right. Because you like to be surprised, yes. right? And I was surprised by this. Were you surprised by this, Jason? Caught me off guard. I was like, he was like, oh, yeah, Mr. Regal. And I'm like, okay, so, yeah, of course, you got to give Regal some love. You know, sure. This is how it all starts. And he's walking around, and I really used to, he, I was just kind of, like, tripping off what he said, like, beforehand, like, you know, analyzing that. And the next thing you know, I see him behind him, like, oh, no. Whack, and I was, and at that point, it's perfect. Now yes. I agree yep. with you. The fans need to do their job. This was designed to put heat on MJF. I get it. You're going to cheer him after the fact. And this is not the same thing as me yelling at people for saying you fucked up. I'm not saying you you can cheer him if you want to. Yeah, I just don't think that you should. In, in it, this it, scenario, if you're, if you're chanting you fucked up. Fuck you, you're an asshole. But you if, try if that and see what happens. If you're cheering, that's fine. You can cheer all you want. I just wouldn't. In this scenario, it was designed for you not to. They want you to boo MJF. Here's here's the problem, and and this might make MJF. This probably makes MJF really like one of the more compelling wrestling characters that we've seen in a long time is that he's a heel, right? Right. Regal flipped heel just two weeks ago. Right. And then he puts Regal down after, you know, Regal's got the brain bleed. They gave Regal the stretcher job, you know. Daniel Bryan comes out with one boot on because Excalibur did a fantastic job of telling the story. Oh, Bryan Danielson was back there. He was... You know, you know, getting undressed and then, you know, or what's happening. Get, getting getting worked on, getting massaged after he had that brutal match with uh, Dax Harwood. Spectacular job of storytelling by Excalibur, as always. As always. Love Excalibur. Yep. He's fucking great, man. And so is Taz, and so is Shivani. In their own little way, Tony Shivani going over the top was, you know, like cursing on air. With it. He was like, that piece of shit. I was like, damn, Tony. It was really good. Perfect. Perfect. Agreed. Lost my train of thought. I'll 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 pick it up. I'll go like this. I want to take text messages from motherfuckers. Good. I want to take the next step for you. Tease the the question about William Regal going back to WWE. I think this is the the sign off on him going back. Granted, it's only been a year, and it's it's crazy to even think about. It's only been a year, but Triple H. Loves William Regal, loves him. Also, his son is in the WWE, NXT. right? Can't remember his name. Yeah, I'm not even going to try it. Um, it's not Billy Regal, though. No, it's not Regal. It's, it, you wish it would be because it would be that simple, but it's not. You you would want him to be next to his son and be able to you know mentor and his he son. Pro- and he probably others. wants to go back to of his course, son. Yeah. of course. If he if Vince wouldn't have t- pushed him out. He wouldn't have left. A legit shocking moment, though. For sure. For sure. It, it, Just I for mean, the simple I, fact I mean, that. I mean, kayfabe style. Kayfabe style. It, it is what you're watching wrestling for. And 
I didn't think it was coming right there. You thought we were going to see an unholy alliance for MJF and William Regal going forward? Yeah. Obviously, that's not the case. And the way the way that they did it, it was it was basically the I call it the victory lap. Whenever you win a title, you come out the next night or whatever, and you have your speech or yeah. whatever. Especially yep. if you're the world champion, yes, it's your victory lap. That was MJF's victory lap, and that to me was the period on top of that victory lap where it's just like, look, I don't need you. I mean, the firm is the firm is the only thing that I was kind of questioning about. But if you don't have CM Punk, the firm doesn't have. Nah, he gone. Well, the firm was going to would was designed to be the CM Punk, you know, I guess uh, obstacle course for MJF. I lo- that's the other thing. I love the fact that MJF. Sorry, Eddie Kingston. MJF was bringing up shit that he obviously heard on Twitter. That you know he has people jump through hoops. He's a coward. This, that, and the other. You know, he's, he oh, called us fickle. Was that was that a shoot on Eddie Kingston? I don't even think it was a shoot on Eddie Kingston, but the fact I that— I forgot about it. I don't even think about Eddie Kingston even, ever. No, when he, he started to say that— cross my mind. I never think about <laughs> Eddie Kingston. The fact that he said that made me was like, okay, so he's he's one of the Too few worried that thing about actually, workers. you know— not even listens, but pays attention to what people are saying about him. And he brought it back up. It felt like it was eight mile all over again. You know, he, all the things you don't hate about me, all the things so you don't Eddie like about Kingston me. So Eddie Kingston said some, oh, hold on. Did Eddie Kingston say some bullshit about MJF on Twitter or something? No, 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 no. It was, it was oh. basically like, you know, this is why the fans don't like me. You know, I'm a coward. You know, I make people jump through hoops. I don't wrestle matches. Things, and he, you know, and the fans started to boo. He's like, see, see, and he kind of Lean in towards towards the, uh, the the ropes or whatever, and the fans started to boo a little bit. MJF has a really just a great appreciation of the past, and he uses that into modern day wrestling. And the fact that he's getting ready to get paid either by AEW. WWE, and he brought up Hollywood because quiet as it's kept, he's doing a little Hollywood acting too. Look, yeah, I'm not saying I mean, he's, he's going to be the he's rock. He's going to have a small part look, of some fucking Look, I'm not movie. saying he's the rock, but. No, he ain't the rock. The fact that he has it out there is another option, and it's another bargaining chip. Uh, Ricky Starks versus Aria Davari. Uh, Ethan Page comes out with. Uh, Stokely Hathaway. Stokely Hathaway. Yeah, Stokely Hathaway. <laughs> no, I know what you're thinking. It's still Stokely right. Carmichael. Stokely Carmichael. Right. I always want to say Stokely Carmichael because I'm that in tune with He's the woke, black baby. plight. He's woke, baby. With the black plight. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. I saw your wheels there, and I was like, no. It was a 30-second match. Poor Arya Davari. The guy, the guy can really fucking work, but he just – he. Jobs out to Ricky Starks in 30 seconds. Don't have to talk about that. I don't care. We don't have to talk about uh, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter backstage with Reba. Um, we have Willow Nightingale versus Anna J. Willow Nightingale ends up going over. Uh, they're getting ready to leave. Ruby Soho makes her return and gets in. Ty Conti, or... Not Ty Conti. They don't call her Ty Conti. They call her Ty, Ty Mello. Mello. Ty Mello now. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? 
I guess this was, you know, one of the many questions, you know, as a fan of, you know, AEW and just wrestling in general, where is fill in the blank, you know, Andrade with Torn Pack, got it. You know, Miro's doing acting, got it. You know, Ruby Soho, broken nose, got it. Um, smart to ever come back, you know, close to, I guess, her hometown in Indianapolis. Um, I, it's just... Here's my problem with it, I guess. Ultimately, this is this feels like WWE to me when when Tony Khan is doing the women's division. He deals with a certain amount of women. Um Jade, just because I know we're getting ready to talk about her in, in a in a little bit. Um Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter because of Britt Baker. Um and really it's Soraya, I apologize, because of Britt Baker. It it feels like it's so top heavy that Willow is someone I think is an amazing talent, and I think that has a huge baby face with potential. That she should have been the one. I know that Chris Statlander is the one that uh, Tony Khan wants to have break Jade's streak. I think Willow is just as good and just and has better baby face potential than Chris Statlander ever could. But that's just me. I think it's just it's too top heavy where now we're focusing on three or four women versus the division itself. Soraya's getting in because of name recognition, but then moving forward, once you get her past Britt Baker, then what? I thought, you know, there's been plenty of women that have been coming over here and then we've been, they've seen we disappeared. The there's a core of the women that Tony works with, and that's really about it. Once again, one woman segment, one match. I'm sorry, two women segments, one woman's match. To me, until you break that cycle, it's good to see Ruby Soho back, but there's not much hope. Speaking of Soraya, when it comes to the predictions for full gear. Please, because I was about to say, I was a little. Uh... <laughs> you came in second hmm. with nine points. I'll take second. I wasn't last. Bill came in third with eight points. Zach came in first with 10 points. And he was the only one that got both women's matches right. And both of us got both women's matches wrong. He had Soraya and Jamie Hayter, and neither of us had it. So congratulations, Zach. But you're not on the fucking podcast, (laughs) you loser. Unprofessional bullshit. Think, Mark. No, at that point... I got to see it first. I mean, Soraya is probably the one that I should have picked but didn't. And Tony Storm, I'm sorry. This is another thing that we hadn't talked about since we hadn't been back. Um, Jamie Hayter was anointed as the Undisputed Women's Championship. Somewhere, I don't know how they did it backstage, but, you know, uh Thunder Rosa isn't coming back and isn't coming back anytime soon. I think this is the reason. No, because she's still champ. Why would you come back when you're still champ? You can retire as champ. Okay. This is the the reason why we should have just did this beforehand, and then you retroactively gave Tony Storm, you know, her props after that. It's it's just time to not even do interim championships. If you're hurt, you're hurt, and you can come back after the fact. All right, Jason Bell. Yes, sir. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to explain to me Jade Cargill and Little Bow Wow. Go. 
I think this is an attempt to bring in fans that are wanting to be AEW fans. You said it at the poker game. People that want to watch but can't get in, this is the door to do it. It's not for me. It's not for us. This is for the casual fan to do it. It's, it's, it is what it is. Did in twenty six seconds. Nice job. Still don't understand what the fuck they're what the fuck's going it's on. It's not there. for you. Uh, you're you're a wrestling fan. You're coming back regardless. Maybe, every week. Maybe not. Every week. Maybe not. Every week. He, he, MJF told you, you coming back. Regardless. Man, that that motherfucker. He really he really <laughs> he really lit those guys up, man. He not not me. I mean, he lit those guys. up. <laughs> not me. He didn't let him. Where's the lie though? I'm not saying that. I... I'm not saying I want the belt to come off MJF anytime soon, but MJF really lit those people up. Like, he had a couple lines in there where I was like, Mm-mm. man, that really might turn people off. That's that's how good he is. I mean, I'll, I'll give I'll give him I'll give him the props. If, you, uh, if I'm an MJF want, fan. No, if you give him the, the title, this is the, you know, it's a tightrope. CM Punk was a tightrope. It's so we had the third match in the Death Triangle versus the Elite best of seven match. The Elite go over finally, so now it's two to one. What did you think about this match? I thought it was the weakest of the three. I think it was the. It was the only week, twelve minutes. It was the weakest of the three, but it was another good piece of storytelling where now you're seeing Phoenix, who was the. I guess the instigator with this hammer is now having the crisis of conscience and stopping Penta from using the hammer. And then post-match, you had Death Triangle kind of beefing amongst themselves. I don't expect them to all be AEW full gear matches. I'm not asking that. But as we go along, I need to see the story develop and that's what they're doing the, the what they do in the ring is what they're going to do i'm not even worried about that i just need the story behind it to develop and that's what they're doing no problem with the match itself and it's not going down 3-0 that's just crazy it's been a while since we've had a best of seven series in uh major league wrestling and when i say major league wrestling right. i mean i can't what when was the last one we had Cesaro Sheamus is the last one I can think of. And they didn't have the seventh match. Well, the seventh match, the seventh match, they brawled into the crowd. It was like a non-finish or whatever. It was a non-finish, and then they became the bar. Bar. Okay. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Okay. The the last one I can think of before that was the Motor City Machine Guns versus Beer Money. And I'm talking TNA, like, back in, like, 12. Yeah, that's what I said. 2013. before that. I don't think so. Not not really? in, not not in televised. Not in NJPW, TNA, Impact, AEW, or WWE. I don't think we've had a best of seven since. I think this this is only the third one we've had in the last ten years. Now there might have been one in like MLW or something like that. Something that I would have missed. But Mm-mm. I think th- those are the last three that I can remember because I. Really like the idea of a best of seven. I love the idea of a best of seven, especially when you got guys that can work together this way. You can tell the story. Like I said, to me, it's not the wrestling. The wrestling is going to take care of itself. 
I just don't think you can tell the same story behind the scenes. Well, the Seamus Cesaro one was Seamus was up 3 0. Cesaro came back 3 0. It was a non finish, like we said, for seven, and then they became a tag team. That was pretty cool. No, I'm and like, they were a pretty cool tag team. Yeah, obviously, you know. I have a I shirt. That, I was getting ready to say, I think at some point. When it's all said and done, they will both go into the uh, WWE Hall of Fame, either individually or together. We um, don't set the bar. We, we are, are the bar. bar. There you go. If, at the worst, they're a WWE Hall of Fame tag team. At the worst. Sheamus is going, going in, in no matter what. Right. Yeah, without question. Without question. Sheamus is going in no matter what. Yeah, he's a company uh, guy. C- Cesaro, Cesaro is 50-50. Cesaro had, was in two great tag teams with the Real Americans also. <laughs> Real Americans might have been tag team just as long as the bar. No. No way. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Another another story for another, another time. Another time, for sure. One, two, three. All right, so now we're going to get into the New Japan stuff. So for all you... People out there that don't watch New Japan, you can either listen and learn. <laughs> Stop. You can pause it right now and go watch some shit. You said listen and learn. You ain't shit. Or you can just fast forward to the end. Yeah, right. Uh, so let's talk some. Well, actually, it's your count. No, I, was, I didn't know where you wanted to go. Do we have um, one more shot? You have one more shot. And then I can smoke some weed? And then you can start smoking some weed. Thank you. He said, thank you. Thank you. That's very much. Thank you. Thank you, Master. As a matter of fact, it's just take the bag. Um, and New Japan, uh, the crossover. Uh, Wait, you did two Jack Daniels, and you said you had some white stuff, too, because you said you weren't going crazy. So you don't have any vodka? No. Do you want to you want to split this one with me? Oh God, no! It's about to say it's going to be a long day tomorrow. Shit, Jesus Christ! All right, um, go ahead. Crossover, New Japan crossover, a Storm crossover. Obviously, um, when I said white stuff, I mean bigger <laughs> stuff. I meant vodka. <laughs> I'm not doing coke, mom. Can you imagine my mom was still it's listening like, right, right now? <laughs> it's like, what are you doing at that? My house? mom's like, I can't believe he said that about. Real Americans. Where's my granddaughter? My mom's a big Zip Coulter fan. Where's my granddaughter with all this? Um, to me, the, yeah, the crossover stardom event with New Japan, I think it was, at least I'm the one that watched it. I can't speak for uh, Two Beard. Did you watch some of it, any of it? I watched every single minute of it. Okay. what? I watch it all the time. What did you think? Okay. So, let's start with the main event. Okay. The main event was, hold on, don't tell me. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to let you do this. Kyrie, who used to be Kyrie Sane, versus Mayu Iwatani, right? Iwatani, but okay. Iwatani. Okay, so I watched the entire thing. What did you think? Um, I liked the match a lot. The, (laughs) this is such a weird criticism, but I don't think that you're going to disagree with me. Go ahead. When they kick out, they don't really kick out. Right. It's like they you're just... You're waiting for a, a they, emphatic kick out. They, it's just more Well, of you're a, waiting for a kick with the leg. Right. Because when you kick out, you kick out with your leg so you can lift your shoulder off, right? That's why it's called a kick, kick out. out. That's they why it's not, it it's not called a shoulder. a shoulder off. Right. But 
they don't really kick out. So, like, you can't really tell when they're kicking out. It was a 25-minute match, and it was, I got to admit, I was taken out of it by how how little effort they put into kicking out of it. Is that, that a fair criticism? No, it's totally fair. And there are times where after a, a high-impact move, whatever the case may be, whether it's the insane elbow or some other crazy shit, and I'm just like, okay. And this is the guy that watches the shit on the regular. I'm like, okay, this is the finish. And you just see you the— You watch stardom on the regular. I'm down like three shows. I'm, I'm already mad at myself. I watch this on the regular, okay? The fact that it's the shoulder does bother me. The other fact is, thank you. Okay, they don't say you got the uh, they got don't the bag over there. They don't. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was saying, I don't know what you give me that for. Um, but they don't. They don't kick out. I'm not asking them to kick out. For me, I this, am. Okay. For me, this is more about. The story being told behind the scenes. If the kick out is the worst thing that I have to complain about, so be it. The fact that we're telling good stories, dare I say great stories in some form or fashion, I don't have a problem with that. There's certain things that I can overlook. All right. There's certain things I can't. I'll tell you the good stuff then. Okay. Um, in that main event, Iwatani? Iwatani. Iwatani versus Kyrie. Yeah. It was clear that Iwatani was the underdog, and they were like Tony or not Tony Schiavone. Kevin Kelly was clearly trying to tell the story that it was her trying to topple the mountain that was Kyrie, and he got me into it. I was like, okay, here we go. Now, at, at, by the last five minutes of it, I was like, I want to see her go over. And then they put Kyrie Sane over, and that's good wrestling storytelling because that's me thinking, okay, now I want to watch the next one because I want to see her go over the next time, right? Yeah, for sure. So, and this I, is the I guy mean, that, and I'll, I'll just say it on my part, I had no rooting interest. I just wanted to see it happen. But as the match started to progress, I wanted to see Mayu win the match. Obviously, they can work. Yeah. No doubt about that. And Kyrie Sane is the old WWE hand who on this podcast, we like she's, she's been WWE within the last three years. She's been on this podcast. We talked about her. Oh, for sure. And she is fantastic without question. Um, she's got the big elbow drop. I forget what they call it. Insane elbow. Insane elbow. Uh, that match was awesome. Except for the kicking out. I mean, it kind of takes no, me out I, of it. And I, I, I get it. I'm not going to sit here and say that it shouldn't. But for me personally, I've watched it enough to where I can look past that and we can move to the next spot. Okay. So I'll go, I'll go to I'll I'll go to yeah. some other what, uh, highlights no. highlights. I'll go to This other. is your this is your first time seeing Stardom, so I want to see what you think about it. Okay. Well, I'm not going to talk about Osprey versus Umino. We'll talk about that later. Okay. I'll, I'll go to the women. Yeah. Which start start and Kyrie Sane is our Kyrie is the first IWGP Women's Champion. Congratulations, for sure. More than deserving. She's yeah. awesome. Either one could have wanted. Ultimately, this is about marketing, and who do you think you can market right now immediately? I really enjoyed 
Siuri and Tom Lawler versus Julia and is it Julia? Julia, Zack Saber Jr. and Zack Saber Jr. Yeah, enjoyed the fuck out of it. It made sense when they put those people together. I like understood MMA versus MMA. I understood why they were all in why they were on teams with each other. Enjoyed the shit out of it. Um, the the rumble I could or the battle royal I could have done without. Yeah, that's that's for people to get in the seats. Trust me, you didn't miss anything on that. I'm not going to talk about the faces versus House of Torture. Don't care. Uh, Queen's Quest versus Don Del Mendo. That's for that's when when we reel you in. That's when we can talk about that. Uh, Dowkey, Dookie, uh, El Desperado, Starlight Kid, Mobile Watanabe, and Starlight Kid versus Kanemaru, Taichi, and Mialtar. Um, does it sound like I'm trying to order off some menu <laughs> I've never seen before? Go big, go big. Hey, uh, can I have the uh, Taichi, the Kanemaru? <laughs> Can I have the Kanamaru roll? <laughs> now, that's, that not, race, like, that's said, not racist because I'm making fun of myself. Right. Okay. I was about to say, he said, Melter. oh, yeah, I know who that is. Um, uh, Tam and uh, Natsuboy. So they're the uh, the tag team champs. This is where if you don't watch it on the regular basis, this is where it can start to get to be a, a bit of a drag because you don't know what's what. You don't know who's who. And I totally get that. For me personally, I wasn't expecting anybody else to watch it but me because to me it's my two favorite promotions on the same time, on the same stage, on my birthday. Yes, I have to watch it, okay, and I'm paying the price for it because I'm going under the weather. But for for Bill, I just really want him to watch the main event. You know, Zach's watched, you know, Starman enough to where I think he can be somewhere in the gray per usual where me and Bill are the extremes. I just wanted him to see at least a starter match, maybe a second one. And if that at that point we can reel him in to start him, so be it. For me, for this match, it was all about um, when you have Starlight Kid and Momo together and you have uh, – Jesus Christ. Um, it was all like very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very sync, in sync. People that made sense as partners were partnered together. Tai Chi and. Uh, yeah, there was well, but, synchronicity between the two. Like, it made sense that Zack Sabre Jr. and, and Julia, Julia were, together. were together. Yes. It made sense that you had Tom Lawler and Shuri together. For sure. Okay, so at that point, it was it was not going to be a five-star event. It was basically a scenario where you can hopefully get casualized to the guy to across from me to watch it. So now maybe you can get somebody, one person that you can look past, look at, and then walk going forward and look at stardom going forward. Now there was, uh, there was one moment during this pay-per-view where I was like, I know it's an audio medium, but just picture me watching it with my eyes almost closed. And then my eyes opened up real wide. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and it was when Tanahashi slapped the fuck out of Micah. Is that how you say it? Micah? Uh, yeah. Micah? No, it's, you, you Micah. Said it, no, you said it perfectly. Um, he slapped the fuck out of her. Micah and Godo, were per, or when they were paired together, 
that was like the perfect pairing because they're to me they're like they both so underrated but if you throw the ball out and you put them in a the match they can have a, a if, if Micah was in the the five star where they have the five star uh, I'm sorry it's, if that Michael was in the G1 but they have that it's called the five star it's basically the same thing yeah. you roll her out and she can have a great match with anybody out there but she's not in that spot to win the title Right. she took that smack I was like uh oh <laughs> you might have just fucked up. I, I, I guess you, there was a lot of fun spots in that match because that match was intergender, and uh, the women got a lot of offense and a lot of uh, you know credible offense. Apologies to Bob Holly, uh, but a, a lot of credible offense in a in a Japanese society. That's not supposed to happen, and I think that's. Opening. It's definitely weird. Now, what I've heard about, because uh, I was reading about Japanese intergender wrestling, and what I've heard about is this match between Suzuki, and Minoru Suzuki, and Asuka. I forget what she used to be called before she was Asuka yeah, in Japan. It started with a K, and I can't think of it right now. But there was some match that they had that was an intergender uh, tag team Ooh, match. That was supposed to be super fucking brutal. Yeah. Like, to where it made a lot of people uncomfortable because yeah. Suzuki beat the dog shit out of her. And Asuka always said, he trained me. You know, like, it didn't bother her because that was to, the, that was know, her teacher. teacher yeah. And that that's, was her, what you, that's what you're supposed to do. I'm not trying to make an Asian thing here, but that's Pai Mei yeah. and the bride from Kill Bill. You yeah. know, like. That Senpai type shit. Never, never bothered her. But apparently it's supposed to make you really uncomfortable, and it kind of makes me want to seek it out. Have you watched it? I've, I haven't watched it from beginning to end, but I've seen clips to where it's, it's a little cringy. Yes. So, um, and I don't think, I don't think Tana, Tanahashi, the thing wasn't cringy. It was, no, it no. was kind of like Randy Orton doing an RKO to uh, uh, Nia Jax. Jax right. Okay, very similar to that to where it was like, it was like, oh, you, you just didn't see it coming, you know. <laughs> At all. I was like, oh, no. so that's how we doing things around Especially here. Especially like, Tanahashi, the ace, exactly, the fucking, the baby exactly. face of all baby, all baby faces. faces. The, when he smacked Mike, I was like, oh, no, you did not. <laughs> um, I, okay, so I, I enjoyed it. I will watch another Stardom pay-per-view. The, the big one is coming up on the the 29th. It's basically I'll their, watch it when it's free. No, it, Motherfucker, it's free because I'm. You know it's free because I got you. No, the twenty ninth is I'm gonna not, come up. But you bought crossover the night it came out, though, right? Yeah, it was like the the, uh, the day before, or whatever. But um, Stardom is a little different. You didn't wait till it came out free though, because it's no, free now. No, no, I, I, it didn't I, take very long for it to be free. No, I, I for me, I I support both, especially Stardom because I love Stardom so much. I wanted to throw them some money. Now that being said, fair enough. Um, now take a big hit off this and explain Jade and Bow Wow to me again. Jeez. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, I can't. Um, <laughs> the, their next big show, their Wrestle Kingdom show, I guess, for lack of a better term, is the 29th of December. You're gonna have Julia and Shiri as the main event. So, That's is there gonna event. be a Stardom match at Wrestle Kingdom this year? 
if I'm not mistaken, Kyrie and some, oh, I have it written down. Take, take, good job, Jason. Where is it at? Mirai. Tam, no, Mirai. no. Uh, Tam Nakano and Kyrie are going to be on the Wrestle Kingdom uh, physical card itself. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's going to be for the IWGP Championship. But that was the the fallout after the stardom, which is I love just New Japan stardom. As soon as somebody wins, boom, you have somebody coming out there, coming out and challenging right away. Tam Nakano came out, and she's going to be the next challenger. Two more matches I want to talk about real quick before we get to the big announcement, because there was a huge announcement at this show. Was it? Oh, yeah. Big okay. time. Wrestle Kingdom announcement. Huge yeah, Wrestle yeah. Kingdom announcement at this we show. We haven't talked so long. But uh, uh, United Empire and Catch-22 defeated LIJ. Okay. I mean, I'm not... I like Catch-22 a lot. I do. I, I love the fact that it's it's TJP feeling like the, the senpai versus... Uh, and we also Francisco had... Francisco Kara is the... Uh, his mentor E, if you will. We also had Chaos and the Great Muda... Defeat United Empire. It will kind of bleed into tag league a little bit, but this is the fact where Muda Spitz missed in Okan's face, and now Okan came comes out the first couple of nights spitting miss and not hitting where he's supposed to. It's just it's all check marks for Okan. Oh, I'm sorry for Great Muda on the way out the door. No problem with this. Is Great Okan? The natural uh, heir to Great Muda. Is he giving Great Okan the mist? Because it feels like he's giving Great Okan the mist. I'll say this. for And I also, I also want to say this. That Great Okan's only been around since 2018, which is when we first started talking about the NJPW, I believe. Maybe twenty like no, it's about twenty eighteen. He was he was a young lion, but we, we really haven't started talking about him until he, like really recently, last year and a half. He gets it. I really think he does get it. And he has one of those entrances that is almost so over the top you can't take it. <laughs> I say, Come on, motherfucker, get your ass down. But it's here. also like ah, he gets it. <laughs> um I don't I don't think that Great Okan gets high in his own supply. I think that he realizes that this is a show and I'm He's a, part a part of the, of the show, show and I'm going to be as funny or cool as possible. Kaito Kiyomiya uh, wrestled um, Great Muto, KG Muto in this scenario, and, and Noah defeated him and he kind of gifted him some, he being uh, Great Muto gifted uh Kaito Kiyomiya some of his moves. I think this might be the same scenario, and it's crazy that you said that because I didn't even think about it, and I watch this shit all the time, and you just said that. And as soon as you said it, I was like, it totally makes sense. Which part? The fact that the the mist is being gifted from Great Muda to Great Okan. So at some point, obviously, and I can't think of when the date is, I think the last, it's a six-man now tag where it's going to be Great Muda, Sting, and Darby Allen versus TBA. That supposedly is going to be the Great Muda's last match. It's going to be January of 2023. Um, I think it's the 23rd. Whatever. It doesn't matter. So from that point moving forward, I can totally see 
Great O'Kine using that mist. Obviously, he's done it a couple of times and hit Hanari when he shouldn't have. Dude, so Hanari, I can see that moving forward. Hanari getting hit with the mist and just punching into the air. Perfect. That was in the World Tag League, right? Yes, sir. That was actually the, it happened twice. It happened beforehand. And I've, only, the, I've only watched two nights, so I'm trying to catch up. But it was uh, no, I'm not. It was Grido Khan and Hanari versus Sonata and Naito. Sounds right. And. He accidentally hit Hanare with the mist, and he was facing the exact wrong way and just throwing haymakers. Perfect. Like, he was so scared of it. It was, like, it was so scary to be blind. That's so fucking cool to me. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Well, no, it's, 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 what you, it's your natural reaction as the body. All right. I can't see anything, so I'm just throwing So let's everything. talk about the serious thing that happened at Crossover, which... Not trying to no. Not trying to bury anything else that happened there. Sorry for using an insider term there, Eddie <laughs> Kingston. But um, Will Osprey beats Shudo Omino. Red Shoes boy. Good match. Good match. It's another good match. It, I don't think the finish was ever in question. No. No. This is exactly what happened to Osprey with Okada. I believe he beat him three times in a row and. Or not Okada. Uh, who beat Osprey three times in a row? Because Osprey's now beat Umino three, three times, times in a row. row. Okay, just keep talking. I'm let me, let me take so. That. Osprey wins. He retains the belt. The lights turn off. No, he's doing his victory lap. And here comes Kenny Omega on the on the, on the Titantron. Watching all due respect to WWE, I know. And and I was watching this live. I'm like, what the fuck is? And he cuts a promo in Japanese that has closed caption along the bottom. Yeah, he cuts a promo in Japanese talking about how there was no reason for him to stay with NJPW once AEW started, and all these guys come in there and they they're not bilingual. And they they can't do the job that Kenny Omega does. And he says, I was surprised when NJPW called me. And then he calls Will Ospreay out for Wrestle Kingdom. So we are getting the match that we've all been waiting for. <laughs> the Kenny Omega. The second one that I've been waiting for, but yeah. What's the other one? Obviously, Okada and uh, Jay White. I, to me, that's... I can never. You'd rather that. watch Okada J. White no, than, I, I, than Osprey Omega? I want. No, of course not. Look, I'll just say this. As the guy watching it live, I watched the. I didn't know the. I didn't know Omega was coming out when I was watching it. Hell no. Hell no. To me, it was just and like. I watched it yesterday. Okay. I'm just like, okay, you know, no big deal. It's, you know, Will Ospreay, you know, retains. I'm just like, okay, so now what? You know, I'm thinking in my head, this is Naido's spot. This is where Naido gets back in. <laughs> you know, I'm look. I'm, I'm, you you know, I'm a mark. I'm a mark. Fake mark. So I'm like, okay, maybe get Naido gets back in. You know, he, he just lost the fucking, you know, Okada like twice. You know, my, why not make lose the Ospreay a third time? At least he's on the card. 
so the lights go out, and I'm like, okay, so who is it? Who is it? I'm just like, I have no fucking idea. Did you mark out? Did you pop? I, I didn't say anything. And to me, that's the ultimate mark out when I don't speak, and I'm just watching this shit, and I didn't say a word, and I'm sitting there watching this shit. I'm like, oh, man, this is Kenny. Oh, shit. And I'm watching it, you know, everything he's saying. I'm like, okay, from Kenny Omega's perspective, it makes sense. New Japan had to call me back. Man, there's nothing harder than that dude cutting that promo in, in Japanese. Japanese. Fucking hard, dude. That is hard. That's the John McClain hard. That's the evolution, and I, I want to start. I'm. A, that was my goal for 2023. I'm going to start going back to old New Japan 2013 and start watching that shit to see. The like the real ultimate evolution of shit. Kenny Omega couldn't speak Japanese when we started watching this podcast five years ago. To see him from that point to now coming in on it's unreal on Will Ospreay's. The crowd was cheering too. On the crowd was all about him. Will Ospreay is basically like you know I wiped out everybody and now here comes this motherfucker and if you haven't seen the Will Ospreay backstage uh Feek. this is going to be an, a very very good match the the twitter you know exchanges are already very good i cannot wait All right. for this motherfucker so are you more excited for that match at Wrestle Kingdom or Jay White Okada it's it's a once in a lifetime match i mean we've seen a I've seen it. You've seen it. Okada and JY are going to do it again. They're and who is again. FTR going to fight? Uh, it's going to be the winner of World Tag League, yeah, if I know. I'm not mistaken. So, hold on okay. a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. That'll do it for a three count. <laughs> One, two, three. Motherfucker. from ringside. All right, for odds and ends. So, we got the World Tag League, right? Yes. Uh, I've watched six of these matches. I know there's been four nights, so I got some catching up to do. Okay, right? Four nights. I got. I'm. Well, I'm up to date, so I just wanted to make sure that I'm, I'm okay. looking. Well, you you can. Okay, from here on out, there's spoilers on the World Tag League for you, one person out there that <laughs> might want to still listening. You're right, or not that that wants to know. Oh, there's thousands of people still listening. So, who is the tag team out of these ten teams? That you are making sure that you're watching. Aussie Open for sure. Um, Flying Tigers, uh, that's Robbie Eagles and Tiger Mask. I think they are they can just wrestle with anybody. Uh, outside the New Japan world, Ace Austin and Chris Bay have a, a really good chemistry. I hate the fact that they're together, but they New Japan just does a really good job just putting guys over. Lindemann, uh, Alexander is a oh, little you're weird. Talking about the you're talking about the junior tag. I'm just going okay. across the board. I'm not watching the junior tag, so go ahead. Do your okay, shit. Okay, so for just world tag, world tag, yes. Um, Aussie Open just stands out, obviously, because they're they're still, not in it. They're in the junior. Aussie right? Aussie Open is is world tag league. Who are they? Um, that's um, Mark Davis and. Oh, and Kyle Fletcher. Yes. yes. Okay. 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 Yes. Yes. That's World Tag League. That's they don't big call him Aussie Open in it. Well, uh, Kyle Fletcher. Well, they, they, I've been watching. The, I've been watching the, the Japanese commentary. Okay. 
Obviously. Because you can pick every match instead yeah, of watching, watching the whole the thing. thing. Um, obviously, they stand out amongst all. Uh, we of, should. Do, uh, okay. Hey, everybody that's listening, pretend you're a jury and pretend I'm the judge that just said strike that from the record. <laughs> Aussie okay, Open stands out. And then. Uh, uh, TM, uh, TMNK, the Mighty Don't Kneel, uh, Shane Hayes and Mikey Nichols, I think they really They're stand awesome. out as well. They're awesome. They're the two teams from World Tag we can stand out. If you said you haven't watched uh, Super Juniors, then it doesn't matter. Those, to me, are the two World Super Juniors. What about uh, Coughlin and Kid, though? They're, the, they're going to take the lumps, but they – Alex Coughlin, I've seen on New Japan Strong a ton, and this is his thing. He's the Tyler Bate. He reminds me a lot of Tyler Bate, and I said it the other day. He can throw anybody around the ring, and he doesn't look like he can do it, but he can do it. There's only one team right now that has zero points. It's that team. How's the torture? Oh, that's right. Both sides have um, zero points. Um, I keep waiting for them to go on that run, but they haven't done it. Uh, hopefully, I haven't jinxed us to see them go on that run. But yeah, good, good shit. I'm just, it's not going to keep that way, but you know, it's going. As eventually. we get closer to the end, uh, we'll probably talk more about the World Tag League. But yeah, for sure. It's, I'm it's, enjoying what I'm. I'm enjoying not, what I'm seeing. It's I, not been good. I, I'll tell you what. It's I, not been great. Well, I'll tell you what I really like is. Oh, Jesus. Yano and Tanahashi. Yeah, I knew you were going to say it. Fuck right, Yano. I like to call him Yanohashi. Oh, God. This is banned from ringside. Uh, some NXT stuff to talk about. Uh, Braun Breaker and Apollo Crews sit down at a diner, and they just have a conversation. God, it is like, it, it's basically as good as Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in Heat. Um, very impressive. Keanu James, who's whole gimmick thus far has been an accountant basically her finisher is called the 401k and just as somebody that used to work in retirement and talked about 401ks and IRAs all the time I think that's a spectacular name for a finisher the 401k I mean really it's unbelievable uh, a couple other things they had uh X-Pac and Road Dog and Shawn Michaels and Molly Holly and I want to say Sonny. Alundra Blaze. Blaze is Sonny though, right? No. Who's no, the Who's the chick? Who's the chick that threw the thing Alundra in the trick? Yeah, well, what was her name at the time? Oh, Jesus Christ, Medusa. It's uh, one in the same. They're basically one in the same. Okay. Uh, anyway, those segments were not good. I didn't like them. Did you watch it? Um, what did you talk about? Was it, was, did you watch Dominic Dijax? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't watch NXT, but I, I kind of know what happened. Um, who are the? I guess it's it's really two parts. I wanted to talk about who did they name who the Iron Survivor? I guess opponent. I guess participants are. That's the word I'm. Basically, for. it's everybody you think it would be. It's uh, it's. Uh, Carmelo Hayes, uh, Duke Hudson, Grayson Waller, uh, Apollo Crews. Uh, it, neither one of the Creeds. JDM was there. Uh, it's just everybody you think it would be. So, oh, Joe Gacy is in there. Uh, 
Okay, so don't make me think of these guys. Okay, all right, all right. So Apollo Cruz and Braun Breaker, that shit with that that was all Pulp Fiction. I, I, I watched, literally watched that clip on YouTube. It was pretty good. No, it was good. It was two baby faces being baby faces. You know, I want, I basically want what you have, but they were still cool about it. So, Apollo Cruz has this match versus Braun Breaker, but then he's in this Iron Survivor challenge as well. No, I got, I might got him mixed up with a uh, different black guy. Okay. Oh, Axiom's in it. Uh, big body Javi Bernal is in it. There's there's not okay. a, there's okay. not a whole lot of better names out there than Big Body Javi. Good. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Big I'm not Body Javi. I'm not going to shit on NXT anymore. I started picking back up on MLW, and MLW has some really, you know, bad storylines and bad people on that shit. To where I can't sit here and say that it's. It's bad that you watch NXT and I don't, and I watch MLW and you don't. I'll say this, though. Um, the Oh, you, you were talking about uh, great finisher names. Richard Holiday's finisher about um, retirements, 20, uh, 2008. It's like a little spinning neck breaker. Okay, that's his finishing move. It's called his 2008. For those who don't know, that was like the, if I'm not mistaken, that was the housing crash. If I'm not mistaken. Okay, there you go. So, that being said, you know, I like the fact that finishers are named with uh, Keanu James's 401k finisher and now Richard Holiday's 2008 finisher. You know, neither one are great, but both. You know, at but least for all the shit that you watch, tie, tie it all together. I, 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 I really can't understand understand your hate for NXT. I don't hate it. To me, no, uh, you look, fucking hate it. No, I look. I don't. I watch MLW in exchange for and NXT. I got no problem with NXT uh, with no, MLW. Look, I, like I said. When I started, you gotta draw the line somewhere. No, when I started to watch, you only again, have thirty hours a week. I can watch to devote it. to wrestling. No, I can watch NXT if no, I want. No, you sleep to. like four hours a day, so Six. you can watch an extra four hours of wrestling a Six. day. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, Six. that's what I thought. Um, now Zoe Starks ended it. You always and you always make fun of NXT by being like, "What Zoe Starks?" Okay, Dominic Dijak. Dominic Dijak had his. Who do you beat down? Dante Chen. Who's also a pretty talented dude. No, no, no. Okay, so and we haven't seen each other. So, like, the week before, uh, Wesley retained against Carmelo Hayes, and then was that On NXT? I didn't see it. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't see the match, but apparently Wesley beat Carmelo Hayes to retain, and that's when Dijak was physically in the ring, and he attacked Wesley. Don't know. Okay. I don't know. He cut a promo after this match against Dante Chen talking about how that was hard justice and that, like, a lot of people go to NXT to, like, run for cover, but he was there to uh, fuck them all up. So- Dominic, Dominic Dijak, here, here's what I'm going to say. Here's really what I want to say. Okay. Dominic Dijak has th- the look, the body, and the attitude to be a big-time WWE wrestler. And it seems weird to me that he has not gotten the look 
like he should have yet by Triple H. Like, he should be on top. He should be fighting Braun Breaker right now. Okay. Period. Okay. 100%. I guess here's my question because you watch it all the time. When does Braun Breaker go to the uh, the main roster? Because at some point he has to leave. Uh, probably after WrestleMania. You going to wait that long? Yeah. Wow. He'll probably, I, I mean, <laughs> he's a prodigy. Okay, then I'll go to like this. Even if, I guess, whatever this the next um, the takeover event is where Braun Breaker and... Uh, Deadline. Okay. Braun Breaker or Crow Cruz, obviously, for the title. Very excited to see that match. I'm kind of excited it's, to it's see good, that, too. That's going to be a great match. Apollo Cruz Can go. Can go. If you take all the bullshit away... He is all the stupid gimmicks he's ever had. This podcast is a big fan of Apollo Cruz. If we're a monolith, this podcast is a big fan of Apollo Cruz. Okay, and I'm also a big fan of Braun Break. I think so too. I think every time, and I don't watch NXT, but every time I see a Braun Breaker match, I see little things that he's improved on, and he's get he gets better all the time. So that, for me, as the casual his, NXT... His, his, his thing with Apollo Crews the other night was pretty good, too. It was good. It was good. Yeah. And that's kudos to both guys. Because that's not, sure. that's neither that's neither guy's strength. But both guys made me like, uh-uh, uh-uh, okay. You know what, Jason? Uh-huh. You just nailed it. That's the point. It's neither one of their strengths. At all. But if Apollo you... Apollo Crews' strength is not talking. But you know what? He ain't bad at talking, either. And... In this segment, they both had me at least saying, okay, he's got a point. Okay, he's got a point. And that has me at least going into the match. I want to see. Not sure who's going to I want to see a WrestleMania main event. I want to see a WrestleMania main event in 2030. That's Apollo Crews versus Chad Gable. <laughs> Let those motherfuckers do third. No, I want to see that as a Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, I was getting ready to say that. Okay, that's why I wanted to go back and you know, watch. What we didn't talk about was Leo Rush. Okay, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. This is banned from ringside. That's funny. Um, <laughs> well played. I, I like the fact that Leo Rush seems like he is liking the fact that he's wrestling again. It's not about money. It's. It feels like he's he's having a good time. He's one of the most talented guys out there. Out there, and but what for whatever reason, his love for wrestling and that talent has never really meshed. At least think- for now, it's doing. It's going well. I'm not asking. Look, I'm not saying that they're going to win World Tag or Super Junior World Tag Week. I just think. That, oh, I think they will. No, no, no. Leo and Yo, they're going to be in the mix, but I don't think they're going to win. Oh, I think they're going to win. Okay. Um, I wish I could say you're wrong, but you're right on that track. This is banned from ringside. All right, there's some birthdays this week. We got Victor. Remember Victor from the Ascension? Yes, he is 42. He's a full year younger than me. Uh, Hiromu, my dog, 33. Broken neck and all. Just Larry Zabisco, uh, Canadian. 
<laughs> he's alive. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, I think. He's 69. Yeah, I was going to raise That's fun. Dynamite Kid is passed away. Dynamite Kid was a fucking dynamo, though, uh, within uh, the squared circle. Uh, he would have been 64. I believe his uh, nephews is some... Bennington Bulldogs, I think, were signed to MLW. That's That has a... Hard family bloodline. I think it's his nephews. Ravishing Rick Rude, born one day later than Dynamite Kid, also gone too soon. Ravishing Rick Rude was 64. On the list of guys that never won a major world championship, he was a uh, the world-class championship wrestling champion in Texas, but never was the NWA you know, WWE, WCW champion. That's there's, a, there's a book called The Squared Circle or Death in the Squared Circle or something by a guy named David Shoemaker. Um, if you have a chance to buy this book, I recommend buying this book because he used to do this uh, column on Deadspin when Deadspin was cool called Dead Wrestler of the Week. <laughs> when Deadspin was cool. Well, before, when did Deadspin go south, man? Well, they got... they fired everybody and they became a non-union okay never mind uh, newspaper okay yeah they, they became non-cool speak on my brother uh, uh but like 10 years ago david shoemaker used to write this article called dead wrestler of the week and they put them all together in a book called the Squ- squared circle i think it's called by david shoemaker if you have a chance to buy it buy it but each chapter was a wrestler that was dead, and he basically wrote an autopsy for each one. And, like, each one was, like, you know, 12, 14 pages long, something like that. Incredible book. He did one about S.D. Jones. Wow. You remember S.D. Jones? Yeah, hell, yeah. Special Delivery Jones? Yeah. One, the jobber, jobber of jobbers? of all jobbers, right? <laughs> you knew he was out. It's like, oh, see, he can really get he, beat. Do, he does one about Rick Rude, though, and it. I, I've probably read like I don't know eight or nine times. It's it's incredible because it it really talks about how how Rick Rude was so edgy at the time because as as gay as pro wrestling was back then, like Rick Rude was the first one to put the gay out there, even though he wasn't gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that at all, but it is a it's a fantastic review on a guy's career. And the guy passed away probably 15, 20 years ago. Mm. I mean, it's 2022. I mean, he yeah. probably passed away in it's the been 90s. A hot man. Yeah, it's been a hot man. Unfortunately, he's, he's probably the uh, one of the guys that did the steroids and, and paid the price for it. But if you get a chance to read it, like David Shoemaker writes about how like he turned all these guys' homophobia against him. He was like, fuck, he's like, fuck you all, all you homophobes, even though he wasn't gay. He was like, I'll act gay. But that was before you could act like Will and Grace gay. Right. You know? it, it's it's an incredible, I've read it a lot of times. I recommend it, uh, The Squared Circle by David Shoemaker. Uh, find it out. Anyway, Rick Rude would have been 64. Same age as Dynamite Kid. Both gone too soon. No Sonny. Doubt. I think she's back in jail again. She's uh, definitely alive. Well, she's 15. ACH, have we seen him? Uh, he was on a couple of uh, MLW episodes. He's definitely alive. Since Triple H tried to make him say boss. Was that Triple H or was that Vince? Well, it was NXT. I 
Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince ain't Vince yeah. ain't Vince ain't watching it. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't shit. Hey everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening hey, to man, our podcast. For Patriot Pat. Patriot Pat Jack. Sending me some good shit. He no sent shit. me another one for next week too that I know you're gonna like. For Tinder Mahal, for Jack, Vice, Jack. for Murray the Murray Man Murray, for Lucha Chris, Jack, Jack. for Two Beers Zach Pullman, Jack. for Jason Cornelius Bell, bitches. Uh, Black Lives Matter, Jack. support your local weed dealers, support your local <laughs> restaurants. <laughs> it's getting ready to get legal, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bill Vega, and everybody never forget to boo the heels. Apologies to Eddie Kingston.